appreciate just everybody doing their part. And You know, we talked about this morning how we need to learn of him. It's a learning process, isn't it? God does a lot when we're saved, but he teaches us and leads us in his will. There's a lot of things, I want to say it again tonight, a lot of things we come to God with that are just baggage, really. A lot of bad ideas, bad ideas that we came up under, bad ideas that maybe just sometimes we pick up not really realizing what what the Bible says about Jesus and who he is and and what it means to have a relationship with him. Brother was telling me, was talking to his family, I've heard something similar to this many, many times over the years. A uh, man just says, well, you know, I know there's a Bible and I know there's church and I know, but me and Jesus, we got our own thing going on. Well, you know, a lot of times we try to put our own ideas and who he is and what he is, but that's not fair. If I came to you and said, oh, no, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me what you think. I already know what you think. I already know all about you. You'd say, oh, not one of them. Come on. That's what people do with God. You don't worship God the way you created him to be. You got to learn. You got to learn about him. Amen. That's why we open up our Bibles. We're turning to Philippians, the second chapter. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bible's very clear. Paul said in one place, people are saying their own thing, doing their own thing. Let every man be a liar and let God's word be true. That's pretty blunt. Philippians 2, if you have it, say amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us everything that we need that pertains unto life and godliness. Thank you, Lord, for just your presence here tonight and just your touch. God, we believe in you. Lord, to just lead us by your word. Teach us, Lord, and guide us. And, Lord, we'll give you the praise. You alone are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Philippians. Philippians 2.19. Paul is telling this church uh, about Timothy. A young man who's a minister in the gospel. He said in verse 19, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus, Timothy, shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father he hath served me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. God bless you. You can be seated. So I'll take a little bit of time tonight and talk to you about this great portion of Scripture that Paul is getting down to the heart of some things. And it's really sad to me. Something that is probably not very evident to a vast majority of people, but a true child of God, a true minister, if I can say. Not, not just necessarily a preacher, but somebody who serves God. Somebody with a servant's heart. There's a lot of people doing a lot of things. And doing it in the name of God. But Paul says something here, even in his own day, 
that not everybody is doing it for the right motive. He says in verse 21, all seek their own. I've seen gifted people, talented people, people that I know God could bring out quite a uh, a gift in them. They have so much promise in them that they could could do things for God. But until you realize it's not about you, until you realize it's not about make your ministry, but it's about him. It's not about your gift. It's about him. Amen. You can never reach the potential that God has in you. I've learned a long time ago, you can look at a lot of folks and, and maybe count them out, but there's potential in God for each and every one of us. You look past all the failures. We talked about being teachable this morning. If you can be teachable, I'm not saying everybody's a preacher, everybody's a prophet, or everybody's a missionary. But I'll tell you, when you find God's will in your life, you're going to be blessed. People say, well, well, I can't believe how busy some of those people in your church are. You know what they say, if you're doing what you love to do, you won't work a day in your life. You know the difference between some of the folks in church that fill their schedules with reaching out and loving people and getting together? They have a life. I know what it's like to not have a life. You know, that your life is that box in your living room. You know, I heard a man say one time years ago, this is sharp. I didn't say it. He said it. But he, he said, you know what? Some of you armchair quarterbacks, you buy the jersey with your hero's number on it. You watch every yard he runs down the field. And uh, he said, that guy wouldn't wear your jersey because you don't do anything. But his point was, it's one thing to sit back and just be entertained. It's another thing to get up out of that easy chair and start doing something about it. Sadly, there's a lot of folks that can be a part of a church and really know how everything ought to be. But it's really different when you get in there and start running the field. Amen. You might stumble. You might get muddy. There may You're going to fumble sometimes. But thank God for those that are trying. Thank God for somebody that's getting past the idea they know how it ought to be done. And they say, how can I help? And you're going to find out it's not so easy to be a doer. Amen. But really, Paul looks at Timothy. And he's... Philippians is a book that is a prison epistle. Paul's sitting in a prison somewhere writing this. And he cares about the church. So he's going to make a connection with them to check on them. But he can't do it because he's in prison. So what he's going to do is he's sending Timothy and he tells them that I have no man like-minded. There's nobody. That's that's sad to me. Because there's a lot of churches going on in this time. You can see him. But he said, you know what? I know a lot of people, but nobody really has the same mind that I have. And what mind is that, Paul? It's a mind that is selfless, serving, putting their needs above your own. Amen. That ought to be just the, the hallmark of a of a, a real minister, somebody who's who, like Jesus. So, well, well, you know, Jesus took up a cross and his own cross, suffered and died 
for the for my well-being and for yours. Bible talks about it, and I think it's Second Corinthians about ministers of the gospel who, who, who are enemies, really. That even, even the the devil comes and transforms himself as an angel of light. And Paul says there's a lot of self-love, a lot of selfishness, a lot of selfish motives. But Timothy naturally cares for you. For all seek their own, but not and not things which are Jesus Christ. If we're going to be more than just a club, we're going to have to understand what it means to really be like Jesus in that manner. It's one thing to really just say, God, I want to I want to line up and I want to be everything you want me to be. And then he leads you to to care for people, to get in there and really love people and be a servant to them. Not one of these things where you're looking, we kind of kid about it sometimes, all the social media posts, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm, I'm helping this person and, but no, just, just caring for people. James, the second chapter, talks about the royal law. Says if you fulfill the royal law, isn't this really what the Sunday school children were, were quoting? The royal law, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. Just really another way of Matthew seven twelve says, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. To love people by serving them. You know, this is this is interesting to me. I got to thinking about it that that uh, in order to serve, in order to really love, like the Bible says to love people, you got to stop and start thinking, not what I want, but what do they want? There's got to be a, something in you that goes an extra mile and says, wait a minute, I'm, I got to see the needs around me. We are automatically so self directed by what we want, we feel, we like, what makes us comfortable, and God will get you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And God will lead you to, to, to reach out to somebody that, like the Good Samaritan did. There's a process that has to start happening in our, in our hearts and our minds and our spirits that say, wait a minute, I gotta, I gotta get out of my little world and start looking at what's going on. Did you ever hear somebody say there's a kind of a newer phrase that people are using a lot and sometimes in kind of funny ways, but, but really, uh, uh, an important, important idea when you're dealing with other people and we should know how to deal with other people. We're the church. Amen. Amen. They say, Hey, read the room. Has anybody ever heard that? Read the room. Yeah. We're telling somebody, they just have no idea how to read the room. That means you've taken a moment and you realize, Hey, there's something going on outside of your little narrow vision. Sometimes people are so they lack self-awareness. They're in their frame of mind and they don't realize everybody else is, what is wrong? You know, the obnoxious folks, <laughs> that if they just stop and say, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> read the room. <laughs> they don't recognize it. A child of God ought to be able to look and see more than, well, I know what pleases God. You know what? Jesus came to not please himself, That's right. but to minister and serve others. 
When we come to God and he washes us of our sins, he cleanses us from all of our our past and gives us a new start. The Bible says old things pass away. Behold, look at it. All things become new. There There is a change in our lives. When we are turning away from an old life, we talked about this morning, I want to say it again tonight. For folks that weren't here, we turn to Jesus, but we turn from our own, our own will, our own ways, and our past life. The idea of saying, God, I love you, but I'm going to hold on to my, my sins is not a Bible idea. Amen. The idea that says, I'm going to serve God and go to heaven, but I'm still going to live my will, my way, all that I like, that's, that's, Bible says, don't be deceived. You gotta, you gotta turn away from an old life. Turn away from sin. God's gonna help you. God's gonna help you. Don't let yourself be deceived that you can have sin and have Jesus too. You turn from that and God's gonna give you overcoming power. Amen. That's why we baptize folks. We're gonna bury that old life. You're buried with Christ. Amen. You can look back at that time and say, that's when my sins were buried. Amen. That's not who I am. I rose again and God will fill you with his power, the power of the Holy Ghost. That's his promise. God promised to fill you. Believe it. He'll fill you. You can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's going to be God's power to walk like he wants you to walk. He's going to lead you and guide you. This idea that, well, I accepted Jesus into my heart. Now I sin all day, every day and just say, okay, God, forgive me. And then go right back to it and do the same old thing. That's not the Bible. That is not the Bible. But God will cleanse you and give you something better. Amen. Once you're a child of God, you got to realize the whole world opens up to you. And you realize you weren't created just to be living in your little world Pleasing your own self and your will, but you realize God, God wants you to have family and, and, and fellowship and to reach out in this world and, and be a light. You've got something awesome. God wants others to see that in you. As you learn and as you grow, people are going to see that change and see that difference in you and you're going to give God that glory. In order for you to really be effective, you're going to have to care what other people are seeing in you. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're going to walk into the room and they're going to, they're going to see something's different about you. They're going to recognize a change has occurred. The things that were once important to you are no longer, you see, there's no real value in that. Now you're concerned with what, what God cares about, eternity and loving people. Yeah. Amen. You, you know, things, you know, there's some, some things we need, but, you know, it's not going to be your God anymore. It's not going to be your focus. You know, be materialistic. You're not going to, the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Amen? Amen. Goes on and tells us, I believe it's in 1 John, isn't it? All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's going to pass away. You've got to realize where there's real value. Can I tell you where there is real value? In people. Amen. Amen. 
I'm not talking about learning how to be a fake, phony friend so you can get them to do what you think they should do. I'm talking about caring about people. Talking about being able to be the kind of friend that you would want. Recognizing, being aware of just sometimes where people are. Sometimes recognizing. Brother asked me here this week about a scripture. Let me bring it up to you about, about walking wisely. You know, we had a really neat experience. I shared with you some of the things that, that are going on kind of uh, throughout the week. And uh, one of them I, I, I saved for, for, for now. That uh, while back we were going to the, uh, uh, one of the farmer's markets in the area, we like to, to uh, walk around and look at things and, and get some good food. And, and I went up to one of the stands at uh I'm not sure exactly which one it was and um I think it was up here at Morning Star and and um saw the uh saw a t shirt or something they were selling and I went over, it caught my attention and I guess that's what it was there for. And uh when I went up there I realized it wasn't a t shirt stand, it was a moonshine stand. <laughs> and uh so I looked at that and went, Oh we don't believe in that. No, I didn't. There's a, a woman there, and I smiled and said, "Oh, okay, I, I see what you're selling." And and uh, I said, "You have a good day," and smiled and, and kept walking. The next time uh, we walked by, uh, um, saw them and just kind of smiled, and they said hello. And and uh, my wife was with me. I think maybe that time we said, "Hey, you having a, having a good day today?" Yeah. yeah, it's a good day. Went to another farmer's market across town on the east side and they were there hey you're out here too look at that no more than that just every now and then walking by hello hadn't been going to the farmer's markets here very lately for several weeks and um yesterday my wife and i wanted to spend a little time together so let's go up here at morning star and if there's nothing good to eat there we'll go up to hanover and and uh, find something there i know they got some good tacos so uh we uh we went there and uh, saw this uh, woman at the stand, and, and we were walking by, holding hands, and, and she said, uh, hey, stop a minute. Okay. I said, I haven't seen you for a while. I was looking for you. I said, really? Huh. Why? I've told everybody I know. There's this couple that comes through here. They're just always smiling, always happy. And I've, I've talked and other people say, yeah, they come through here. You just always see them smile and always see them happy. And I saw your billboard the other day. I said, now I know why. It's God. I said, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And I said, uh, I said where's your church? Told him it was back here. Uh, and I don't know what day I can do this. And I don't know how. Hey, come on out sometime. You'll really enjoy it. We've got Sunday night. If you can make it then, Wednesday night. Forget what day she said. She introduced herself. And uh, we're praying for Denise. Amen. Amen. You know, it's easy to just feel so good about yourself and how, how much you know by making somebody else feel dumb or how bad for what they don't know. But, you know, we were all there one time needing it. We were all at a place where we were ignorant, had no idea what it meant to talk like a Christian, live like a Christian, because we weren't Christians. And then sometimes 
you know, some people are just kind of starting out with baby steps. You know, it's really easy to hurt a baby. You got to be really careful. That's why for a lot of years, I, don't hand me your baby. I, I'm just scared to, right? I don't want to hold your baby. It's beautiful from a distance, but I, I, I know I'm, I'm, I don't want to be clumsy with a baby. That's precious. Jesus said that if you would cause one of these children, these young, to stumble. Wow. What, you know what he said, don't you? Be better than a millstone. Be hung around your neck and thrown into the sea. He's saying, don't offend. Don't cause my babies to stumble. Read the room. Amen. I, I don't know why there's such an insecurity sometimes to, to make sure, oh, I'm talking to someone who they're not right. And I want everybody else to know. I don't believe like they believe. Well, you know what? Live your life and you'll have that testimony. And maybe people will assume that you're just being like Jesus and loving people. Amen. Verses like fulfilling the royal law, loving your neighbor. Verses like what the Sunday school class is. It makes you think, hey, what about their needs above my own? Amen. What about what they, what would help them? What would minister to them? There's a lot of people, like I said, that are very gifted, that they know a lot of Bible verses, but really never step out of what makes them feel important and good about themselves and really meets the need and helps. Amen. I mean, look at Jesus in his humanity, praying in the garden. So the last thing I want to do is Drink that cup of sin. Drink back all the guilt, the shame of every sin that's ever committed to feel the, the condemnation, the guilt of the sins of mankind, to feel the filth of, of, of what has been committed. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. It's time to recognize that we, we need to read the room. We need to recognize, hey, Christians aren't effective if they're putting themselves up on a pedestal. What has helped me get where I am and to be better and to be helped is people that did it as a friend. Preachers that I knew that cared about me. Christians that I knew were praying for me. Amen. There were times in my ministry that I needed help. I'm not ashamed of that. Times in my marriage, I needed help. And there are a dime a dozen people that can point a finger and say, I'll tell you your problem. That doesn't help. People that care about the church. There are a dime a dozen that say they care, that say they want to help. But it's another thing altogether when Paul said somebody that really it's not about them. It's about God's children. Amen. It's not about their ministry. It's about ministering. Amen. So much. I, you know, when you care, when you care, it sticks out like a sore thumb. When you know that, you know, you've got precious, precious souls that, 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 you, you see that arrogance, you see that pride, you see that pushing forth of themselves and trying to lift themselves up. It sticks out and it's, uh, you know, it's dangerous. 
But God help us all to to be able to read the room and say, that's not what the church needs. It doesn't need somebody who's self-important, somebody that can kind of bang on their own chest and say, look at how strong of a Christian I am, but somebody that knows how to be like Jesus. Do you remember what he did? He just put on the towel of a servant and washed their feet. God, give us that heart that humbles themselves. Didn't we talk about humility this morning? Help us be humble. When we're living in a day when churches have celebrities and uh, as pastors and ministers and have their names across the front of the church, this is my ministry. They put they sell Bibles with their name across the front of the Bible. <laughs> God help us to just try to help people be saved. James, James three. It breaks my heart because, like I said, there's so much potential, so many gifted people that could be such a blessing if they just forget about promoting themselves. You know, I think about the story that we heard the other week with Solomon. Remember, we were talking about how Solomon looked at the baby and said, go ahead, just cut it in half and give half to the one mother that says it's hers and half to the other mother that says it's hers. And the one mother said, go ahead. You know, some people would rather cause damage to the church than lose out their part of being, feeling important. That's sad. Somebody that really cares will take a back seat a little bit and say, you know what? I just want to be a blessing and a help. I don't want to cause any trouble because God knows we've had enough of it. James 3, verse 13, who is a wise man and dude with knowledge among you? This is what James says. This is what God says through James about wisdom. If you are a wise man, if you do have knowledge that God's put in you, let him show out of a good conversation. You know, good folks, they do. They usually just go ahead and be good. They don't have to talk about it. Amen. Let him show out of a good conversation his works. With what? Meekness. That's humility again. Humility of wisdom. God's wisdom says, I'm going to be a doer. I'm going to get in there and try to be a help. I'm going to read the room and and do my best to help where I see the need. Where I see that I can be a help. Doesn't that just make sense? You know, everybody wants to uh, the easy job, the cushy job, but why don't we just look and say, God, what is, God, show me the needs around me. We need that in our homes. Amen. Be able to see. Sometimes we need to look at ourselves and say, you know what, here's, here, here's what I see some troubles. How can I be help to alleviate trouble? What a great idea. Rather than be able to point out the trouble, maybe stir up more trouble. Here's a good idea. Don't (laughs) look at how you can be a help. Oh, let me tell you, I can tell you where the trouble is. We really don't need people that can tell us where trouble is. We need people that can help. That's the way it is out in the world. So, oh, my neighborhood, there's a, how can you help? Amen. Oh, my job. How can you help? There's so be a Christian and be wise Let him show out of good conversation his work. See, conversation, you know how the saying is, actions speak louder than words. This word conversation in your King James Bible means a whole lot more than just what we say. It's really the behavior. 
It's what you say with your lifestyle. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not. Don't, don't be excited about that. Don't brag about it. Don't lie against the truth. That's not wisdom he's saying. When you're looking at trying to push yourself ahead of your brother, no, no, no. Be a help. Envy is not part of the body of Christ. Strife, envy that causes strife. God help us. I'm telling you, there's people that that think they are just the... God's working and moving in them and all it is is strife. All it is is destruction. All it is is pulling the body of Christ apart rather than building and helping and ministering. Get behind the work of God. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but it is earthly, sensual, devilish. That's pretty clear. Devilish, it means it's like the devil. It's not like Jesus, it's like the devil. When it causes strife and division, that's not God. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. I'm so thankful for people that say, I just, I want to be a blessing, I want to be a help, I want to strengthen the body of Christ. It's not about who I am, it's about Jesus. That's what Paul was saying. All men seek their own, but not Timothy. He had a heart strengthen and build the church. It wasn't about his ministry. It wasn't about who he was. It was about how can I be a blessing to what God wants to do in my generation? Wisdom that is, listen to this, for where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. But wisdom, I love this, something I'd like you to just look at sometime later and maybe pray through these two verses. Wisdom that is from above. If you feel like God's given you wisdom, here it is. Here's the test. It's first pure. Pure wisdom. It's not full of self-will. It's not, it's not pure if it's what I want and what I benefit from. Wisdom is pure. It's going to serve. It's going to love like Jesus loved. Then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. It, it, it ought to be easy. Say, hey, I, I, you're, uh, you're doing the will of God, huh? Can I ask you some questions about it? What are you getting at? What are you, are you, no, 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 no. Okay, well, well. Shouldn't be hard to just talk about. Which, unless you're trying to defend yourself with something already. Gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality. This isn't a good idea just with the people that I think are worth something. It, it's not partial. Without hypocrisy and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. To make peace. To be peacemakers. To serve. To love. To help. God bless. God bless people that have a heart to say, I want to build something that's going to glorify God. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? I didn't know what the scripture memory verse was going to be today. They didn't tell me, but thank God for... How he just brings things together so, so often in the house of God. To love our neighbor. To do to them what we would have done to us. Means we got to take some time and recognize the need. 
It's the hardest part, really. Relationships. Marriages. Recognizing it's not just what I want. It's not just my will. Being able to communicate in a way that's respectful when you do see a need. And not cut, tear down, degrade, demean. That's not godly. But it's the truth in the church and it's true for the church in the community. To care. Holiness is going to guide us with wisdom to help people see that it's it's not a path of self-righteousness. It's a path of ministry. I know what kind of friend Jesus has been to me and I I look for that I look for that in people around me because so often people have a knowledge people have gifts people have potential but their self will causes nothing but strife contention and damage to the body of Christ and that's It's such a waste of time when there's such a work to do for the kingdom. I wonder if every one of us can ask God tonight. As this altar's open, you want to come pray. Find a place in this house to talk to God. If we could just all ask God, Lord, help me to recognize the need around me. Help me to see how I can be a blessing and a help. more than anything else, no. 
work through me to build together with your body. Teach me how to be a part of the family, a part of the body, a part of his team. God, teach me. just to see that God's word is real. That he's alive and he shines through you. Be that. Be that one that they can see that God cares. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here today. Can we all stand? Thank you for your kindness, your love to us, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this service tonight. And Lord, work through each one of us. Help us to see the needs around us and to react, to respond with your with your heart. Bless each one now, I pray, Lord. Keep us safe as we travel, Lord, and just shine through us throughout this week. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.